You're listening to the Writers Off The Page podcast. Here's your host, writer, reader, journalist, and lover of soy latte, Sinead Maripodi. Hello everyone and welcome to this very special crossover episode of Writers Off The Page. This week I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Holly Craig and Polly Phillips from the Off The Page podcast. Given the brilliance and the similarity of our podcast names, we knew it was time for Writers Off The Page to join up with Off The Page for a collaborative episode. We had a fantastic time laughing and chatting against the backdrop of the Swan River, talking all things podcasting how we each got our start, what goes into it, making money and networking. We also spoke about my debut middle grade novel, One Wrong Turn, which will be out next year. And for the first time ever, I gave my pitch. Holly and Polly were absolutely fabulous and they were kind enough to let me release the episode on my channel too. Now, since I don't usually share a lot about myself on the podcast, I thought you might be a little bit interested to find out more about the girl behind the mic. So enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome to Off The Page with Polly and Holly, a podcast all about what happens when we're not writing. And that means the highs and the lows. We thought it might be interesting to look at different aspects of being an author each week. And we'll take questions if you want to contact us via Instagram, details will be in the show notes. And we're open to theme suggestions if you want to get in touch. Let's crack on. Welcome to this week's podcast, when we are super lucky enough to have Shanae Maripodi. Did I say that right? You did. Um, I love that surname. Um, she is an amazing podcaster, and she has come to share... Well, we're just going to talk about all things podcasting, really. I know. How exciting having you here. And I've just got to tell everyone where we are right now, because it's actually quite hilarious. Well, it was going to be over wine. It and was. so we told people there might be ambient clinking of glasses in the background. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. 10.45 yeah. 10. was a little bit early to start on the wine, wasn't it? Oh, he might be going. We, we, have, um, we have a fourth podcaster with us in, <laughs> in the form of a quite scary looking magpie. We are actually in a park right now in South Perth. We went to the restaurant, realised that it was the breakfast menu, even though we wanted champagne. Yeah. And so now we're here under a tree doing it. It's quite relaxing, actually. Mm. It's nice. We're looking over the city. It's a beautiful view. But also, um, neat segue into what we're talking about. That's the great thing about podcasting. You can do it anywhere, anytime, any place. And we are. Well, I didn't even really know that until I met with the two of you. I'm always so stuck in my ways that, you know, I've got to be either over Zoom or in a really quiet, small room that has carpet and all of these various <laughs> things that have been ingrained in me over the years when I was a journalist, our sound guys used to talk about it. Yeah. But this is so much more relaxing. I know. <laughs> but you also, I remember you were saying off camera when we were in the restaurant that to start with, you um, interviewed everyone in person. Do you feel, um, shut up, Crane. Do you feel um, that your interview style has changed now you do it over Zoom? Have you had to adapt? I have had to adapt because originally I was mainly interviewing WA-based authors and I liked to do it in person because... I hate talking on the phone and for mm. me originally Zoom felt like talking on the phone so I liked the idea of arriving at somebody's house and having that little introduction and a little chat to them while I was yeah. setting up so that we could kind of get comfortable with each other first yeah. and then the conversation felt a lot more natural and organic or, and yeah. I could feed off their body language mm. as well but then COVID and also I branched out to interviewing Eastern States authors and I've done a few international and obviously that's got to be online so I've just learnt to adapt and 
it's actually easier when I'm <laughs> juggling a two-year-old as well yes. to just yeah. have that little bit of time carved out that doesn't include travel. But then nothing beats an in-person interview, I don't think. I know, and I'm, I'm actually glad that we got to do this, even if we are in the park getting swooped by magpies. I think that... <laughs> well, that's... I mean, I suppose in some ways we've kind of mirrored your old routine. We sat, we had breakfast um, and got to know each other, and now this is our formal bit. Um, and it is nice, I think you're right, Holly, to be able to read the body language and kind of see which points are going places and which aren't... I mean, sometimes Zoom, Zoom can just be a bit staccato because Mm. also with lags in internet time and yeah just connections and technology not always cooperating that always is a challenge but the main challenge of doing things in person particularly if you've had your pre-chat is remembering what you already said in the pre-chat and what's in the recording doing all the good stuff that's what i was thinking i was thinking when we sat down we we just started speaking about podcasting i was like we should save this we should save this for the chat but this to me feels so much easier than even our interview with ali which was via zoom i felt like Oh, I was away. You were you weren't with me either, Paul. No, and no. it just felt really I don't know. Like maybe like you were saying, like we weren't able to gauge each other's body language. Like now we're kind of sitting here. You can see me talking, so you're being quiet. Mm. Like I yes. love it. Yeah. <laughs> and if someone starts nodding off, we know yeah. we need a new question. <laughs> and you can generally tell if somebody else wants to speak. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've Actually, got a hands up system. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say you've probably had lots of experience, sorry, with journalism and stuff like that. So this would really come naturally to you it feels a lot more relaxed in person because yeah. when I was a journo it was it was for tv so all of my interviews were in person that was all I ever knew yeah. so to then go to being behind a screen in a little room by myself where I'm also worried about is my dog suddenly going to scratch yeah, or shake behind me yeah. is a baby yeah, going to cry on the other side of the yeah. wall yeah it just changes things can yeah. I just interrupt say absolutely nothing to do with podcasting but I'm obsessed by your dog your dog is just <laughs> the most beautiful I mean as a kind of crazy dog lady um the Instagram pictures you put of said he's dog a bit gorgeous are divine I um, have to say he is the best writing companion ever because oh. I'm not sure many people can say that their dog has very judgmental eyebrows <laughs> and so he holds me he holds me to account a lot and I know at one stage and I still do now usually when my little boy's asleep that's when I go straight to the study and I'm getting my writing Mm. done or whatever it may be and he got quite in the routine and he's Mm. a great Dane so he's really big and hard to ignore and he would actually go and stand with his body inside my study looking out down the hall at me eyebrow raised and I was like Jeez, I am coming. Yeah, like, I'm, doing it. I'm making a coffee. And now every time I go in, because I kind of write in different places a little bit more now and I'm on somewhat of a little writing break, he keeps going and standing in there or if he sees me go in to put a book back or whatever, he runs in like he's missing Aww. out. And I was like, oh, you're making me feel so guilty. I, know, I was just going to say he's like your publisher, like he just is. staring at you waiting, like, come get on, you need to down. get your words out. Yep. Exactly. Do you feel he's been a good social media tool in terms of they say, don't they, that, I mean, we were also talking about how much of your life you share on Instagram. Some people don't want to put their children up, but oh, I pets, exploit him. Pets fully. feel very yeah. safe, don't yeah. they? Yeah. He is very safe. I know. I do remember funny now to say when I was a journo going to a vet surgery and the vet actually saying, oh, I just need to call this dog's owner and make sure they're okay with them being on camera because some people are very funny about it, like children. <laughs> and I exploit my dog all the way. It just feels weird. Yeah, You're not safe. worried about him getting pet-napped. Yeah. Well, I just can't dog imagine napped. the idea of, like... You need muscles to take him. 
the idea of being like, no, psychologically, this is having a really negative impact on my dog. So I'm afraid we're taking yes, yes, a break. too much stress. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, I want to ask about how you actually started podcasting because we were speaking about this when we were having brekkie, but um, we kind of started ours for different reasons. But mm. you started yours last year. You were saying, yeah, was this pre um, book signing, pre contract? Yeah, pre contract. So it was actually um, I had was just coming up to finishing what I thought was the final draft of my book that I've since rewritten completely and changed (laughs) the main character as we do that, yeah. (laughs) And I was listening to some other writing podcasts at the time and everyone was talking about how important it was for your author brand that when you were approaching publishers and agents that they would likely Google you so Mm. you should have a website and you should have this and that. Mm. And I am a chronic overthinker and stressor (laughs) and so I took it really seriously. I just assumed in my head, I was like, well, I need to give myself the best shot I need to build a website yeah but it was really I felt embarrassed building a website that I didn't really have anything to put on I didn't have a book that I was selling I didn't really feel comfortable blogging I didn't feel like I had a lot to say Mm. um so I mean I was a journalist for many years so I was like I can interview people so Mm. that is the equivalent of a blog for me so I thought I'll interview authors I get to be a bit selfish and ask all the questions I want to know about writing process getting published oh it's amazing I always feel so so selfish because I'm like I'm purely doing this I know that's how I used to feel with the blog yeah Yeah. but it turned out like books exactly and it turned out just such a great way to network I met so many authors through it and it just I felt put my name in front of publishers (laughs) in a different way I mean it's mainly marketing teams that I'm dealing with rather than publishers directly but now I'm at a point where I can email a publicist mm-hmm. from a from a um, sorry a publisher, and most of them have heard of Writers Off the Page. They so they know good. what it is. They know my name. If they haven't, I've hyperlinked it in there so they can yeah. see yeah. my back catalogue, who yeah. I've interviewed, and what I've done. And I just feel that confidence. I'm not the person to go to a writers' festival mm. and co- confidently go up to a stranger and start yeah. that chat, even though I know it's really valuable and I should do it because everyone cares about books and writing. Mm. I, if I'm doing that with a goal in mind in terms of if I'm approaching an author to say, hey, I've got a podcast, I'd like to interview you on there, all of a sudden my confidence changes because yeah. I've got a purpose. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I've got something to say rather than just introducing myself to yeah. say hi, which I'm just really awkward at. Yeah. Do you think it made it easier starting a podcast with interviewing because then it made it less about you as well in terms of you talk about sort of it being a bit scary putting yourself out yeah. there? Well, definitely because I was very much... I really love seeing other authors share their writing process and, yeah. you know, getting that draft off the ground and getting started. But originally before I had a contract, I was just really self-conscious about that because I thought this might not go anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, I'm telling everybody that I'm a writer, but I haven't I haven't signed anything and then they might think I'm a dud. So yeah. <laughs> I actually talk very little about myself on the podcast, which... I'm probably an idiot. You need, she needs to start. I need to yeah. start a little bit more. And I have, bless, I've had a few listeners who were just beyond lovely mm. who have contacted me and said, you know, it's about time you do a bit of an episode on yourself and I tell know. us about your book, which mm. I will next year, closer to release, yeah, I will yeah, yeah. recruit someone to interview me on the yes. podcast. good idea. Yeah, we'll but, do it. Yeah, we'll do <laughs> yes. it. We'll do it. Perfect. There you go. Locked in. <laughs> Thank you. Done. <laughs> yeah, because your book's coming out in July next year. Yes, so creeping exciting. Up now. So can you tell us a bit about it? I can say a little bit. It's a middle grade, upper upper middle grade. It's 
it's deemed, so kind of the 10 years plus that transition of kids who are kind of reaching the end of primary school, maybe start of high school and not really ready for young adult Mm -hmm. yet, but it does have that kind of deeper themes to it than just the fun. It's very dance-based, which I have a background as a dancer, non-professional. I have to really stress that. I've never (laughs) been a professional ballerina, but I've danced my whole life with schools and competitions and things. Um, So it's set in a ballet school and it starts with the main character, Amelia Scott, who is 13 and she's dead set on becoming a professional ballerina, which her parents both were former professionals. And she's in line to be the lead in their school's production of Cinderella, their dance school's production. And then a new girl joins the dance school who's just as talented as she is. And we get to know Valentina a little bit more in her chapters. And it turns out she's migrated from southern Italy in a tiny town that's very locked in tradition and not so open to change. And so while it seems that she has this ballet talent very easily, she's constantly trying to prove to her family that ballet is of importance, that it fits in with food, tradition, religion, all the things Southern Italians like my family hold very close to heart. And it's the two of them going head to head and who will get to be the lead. And in amongst that, there's one big lie that could just unravel everything oh my gosh oh, I want to read it yeah. now so yeah it sounds so interesting and I, I feel you nervous did, doing a pitch what you actually you did, did it really, really well. well and there was no ums and ahs oh, in there I, I, I hate pitching so much <laughs> oh you did it so good it was so clear oh my gosh I cannot wait to get that book for my Thank girls you. as well but I want to read it mm. I actually find myself reading quite a lot of YA um, and I think that there has been a quite a big crossover now because like you say those universal themes yeah that we're all still into no matter yeah. our age. I mean, it sounds like there might be a bit of toxic friendship in a there. Bit of toxic which is friendship, a little bit of family expectations yeah. and that juggle, and just lots of bright Southern Italian family, which my family Southern Italian and yeah, yeah. gets colourful. Yeah. So much food. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Now I'm definitely going to read, read with a pizza. Well, I laugh because every time I go <laughs> back to food. editing it, all of a sudden the old Italian coffee pots on the stove, and I'm like, this is a kids' book, and it's making me drink so much. <laughs> The kids aren't drinking it, but it's in there. <laughs> oh, now I want to read it even more if it's doing food and coffee. <laughs> so back to podcasting, I suppose. Um, what um, would you... Because we wanted this to be informative as well, didn't we? Yeah, as we well did. as just having a nice chat that we, um, <laughs> we like doing. Um, so what have you learned? I suppose you were talking about um, an episode that you've got coming up where talking with other podcasters about highlights and lowlights um why don't you give us some of your highlights and lowlights and what you've learned oh highlights really come from the people that I've spoken to and I have one of the biggest things I've learned through it is that the writing community is just so incredibly generous and I feel Mm. like everyone says that but there's a reason everyone says it like I had um Dervla McTiernan on the podcast and Holly Ringland two massive names and I wasn't nervous interviewing them, but there was that thought in the back of my mind that, you know, they're doing me a favour by coming onto the podcast. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And both of them were just so gracious and just so appreciative that actually after we stopped recording, we probably stayed chatting for another 45 minutes to an hour with them giving me tips on, okay, where are you at with your writing? Have you contacted this person? You should do this with mm-hmm. it. And that just blows my mind that people so are just so yeah. willing to give when they're at such a high position. They don't look at you and go, oh, you haven't I know, you signed a contract or you haven't that, done this. Like, no. Because everyone knows how hard There's, it is. I think that's yeah. what it is. We've yeah. all been just trying so hard to get to that 
you know, the end of the race, climb basically. The, climb the greasy pole. But I yeah. think also we're our own toughest critics, aren't we? So it's your inner voice saying they must be thinking I'm wasting their time or who am I, etc. Yeah. Most people are really excited for the opportunity because yeah. for them, like, you know, you're a successful podcaster. It's great for them to reach a exactly. new audience. Well, I think so. And you hear the people that say, you know, this is the only podcast interview I've had. Thank you so much. Mm. Or this is yeah. the first one I've had. And yeah. you're like, okay, I'm, I'm actually helping nervous. you as well. Yes, I was just going to yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah, they're probably nervous. I remember the first time I went on one with um, Pamela Cook for um, Rights for Women. For women. Yep. I was so nervous because I'd never done a mm. podcast before. Do you remember that? How yes. nervous yeah. I was. Yeah. I had to go. I was walking around Kings Park on a Monday, like rehearsing what <laughs> I would be saying and like looking over the questions and then saying it out loud. It's like, it's really daunting doing it the first time. So I think that um, you inviting people on there, yeah, it's like it's awesome for them as well. It's so good for authors to come on and be a part of it as well. well it's funny being in the reverse seat because yeah. all I've ever known in life is, is I'm the be, one that's asking yes. the questions and I'm yes. very in control and that's very much my personality and my comfort zone to all of a sudden, I mean, this is very different because it's conversational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to put yourself in the shoes of, authors who the whole thing is you know someone just constantly asking you questions and although it's not a hard-hitting interview you're not out to shame them (laughs) or embarrass them there is that kind of vulnerability that you know you're just letting somebody take control and seeing where it's gonna go yeah I know it can be really really daunting I think in some ways, though, that um, podcasting from the outside can look daunting. We were talking about this also. Oh, yeah. that when Before we started our podcast, which is obviously um, a bit more brand new and green than yours, um, we had no idea. You know, we thought you it. just recorded it onto Spotify. And, and actually, I have to admit, I still have very little idea because Holly, <laughs> Holly does it all. But sometimes I have very little idea. Yeah. It goes out there. As long as it's out there, I don't ask questions. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the first time we kind of planned it. And I'm we were trying to think back about why we mm. did it as well, like what why we chose to start podcasting. I think I was doing the blog posts, yes. interviewing authors, and then I felt like, okay, I'm getting bored of this now. Mm. We need to, need to change it up a bit. So we started doing the podcasting, not even thinking about interviewing no. authors. Oh, I know what it was. Because you and I, Polly and I, have the best conversations, and we used to get together yeah. And we would just speak for two hours about everything that we were doing, like, in our writing journey. But also everything else. Like, Holly's like my secret keeper because she's disconnected from the rest of my life. She yeah, knows yeah, yeah. Everything. everything. All her versa. dark yeah. secrets. <laughs> but I think and it was, the like... the of the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it hanging over her head. No, but I think we had these brilliant conversations because it was mainly me always asking Polly and then what and then what happens and then like what's the next step after that that we thought oh my gosh we need to be recording Mm. these conversations because we're answering and asking questions that just so many writers and newbie aspiring authors or whatever need answered well and until you connect with the writing community which does sound a bit pretentious but basically just means follow them on instagram and start having conversations yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before you can it can be you think you're the only one or you certainly don't know like i don't know anyone in my immediate circle other than the lovely writer friends I've made who writes Mm. so you don't know anything and it is a pretty opaque industry there are big gaps in um, sort of communication and silence and generally speaking not not many people have published a book before and so you don't know what's coming so that's why we wanted the podcast I think so that people before they had found their writing community could maybe find it through us and also to speak honestly 
mm-hmm. about what we were going through as well because you had been listening to a podcast that you got me onto that were these two authors, really well-known authors, but they just spoke so mm. honestly about sales that authors were making and, you know, what's it like to be a best-selling author and how yeah. much money do we actually make? And, and we were like, oh, my God, these, this is the sort yeah. of – this is the subjects that people would want to know most about. So I think that's another reason we wanted to be honest. Yes, I think so. And I think also because they were – by the time I started listening to them, extremely established, their experience was very different to ours yeah. because we're still quite close to the beginning of the journey. So we thought yeah. there was space for someone to be talking about those mm. gaps in publishing and how it feels to be on submission and how it feels to be trying to get people to know who you are or buy your books in a way that established authors maybe aren't focusing on that part of their career so much. They're focusing Definitely. On and that's something I've always tried to do in my podcast before I got my contract. I would hear interviews of, you know, really established authors talking about their current book and their current publishing contract and in my head I was always wondering like okay but how did you get that first contract yeah what how did you get your start so that's something that most episodes I do try and you know take an author back to the beginning yeah and I feel like it does occasionally throw authors off because they're not expecting that question they think you know it's all about their current book and I'm like, I know you've got this, this very successful book and we will mm. talk about it, but tell me how it started. Like, how did you get someone to say yes originally? And now that they, once you got that foot in the door, was it easier? Which sometimes I'm very horrified to hear that. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, it's true, I think. And I think, I mean, this is such a cliche. It's such an obvious thing to say, but I'll say it anyway. Um, everyone has a beginning. Yeah. That's the thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? Whether you're Dervla McTiernan or... Holly Craig you know you Mm. still you start at the beginning and your story is interesting and will be different Mm. so do you think podcasting and doing all of this before publication would boost sales would it increase like revenue do you get paid right now doing podcasting because we certainly don't sadly I do not get paid directly from the podcasting it has opened up MC opportunities for me which I used to do a lot of emceeing when I was a journal and then surprise, surprise, when mm. you don't have a big media organisation behind you, people are less likely to recruit yeah. you as an MC. Um, so it opened that back up, which I love emceeing. So that yeah. was amazing. Mm. Um, authoring conversations. Um, it got me a school workshop um, because someone had seen the podcast and what I was doing. So, That's so indirect good. revenue. It opens up doors. But mm. I'm hoping that next year when the book comes out, obviously, just through network, through mm. getting yeah. to know other authors and, you know, promoting other people's work, that hopefully that will come back in karma. Yeah. I think it actually helped originally in putting me in front of the people that I needed to do because yes. I have interviewed publishing houses and actual yeah. publishers yes. and Frio Press, I hope that they would have read my work anyway, mm. but I already had established that that relationship with yeah. them. So, so when good. my work came across the desk, they got the old version of my novel, which I had already had a little bit of uncertainty about. One of the main characters had a very different background to my own cultural background, and it had it happened really organically. I wasn't trying to solve any great Mm. life mystery but in my head when I was submitting it I was like oh is this going to be problematic in this Mm. day and age you know the fact that I'm talking indirectly from someone else's experience exactly and because I had had the conversation with Kate Sutherland the publisher when she rejected that version she said no in a personal email to me and I was able to go back to her and just say Kate can I ask you directly is it because of this Mm. because I have this idea to swap out that main character and make her a secondary character so we don't lose her Um, but 
hey, I've got this idea. I'm Southern Italian background yeah. and, you know, I lived in Italy for a while and had language issues while I was dancing. What about if there's an Italian migrant that comes here and she's got the reverse issues? And Kate was like, I like the sound of that. She's like, send it to me when you're done. Yeah. And I, wouldn't, I don't think I would have been able to have that conversation if I hadn't already set the groundwork yeah. of podcast and just having yeah. a chat with somebody yeah. where I wouldn't have been, been able to. With Kate, you might have been having it with to whom it may concern. Exactly. Like you have that personal connection. Yeah, and wondering whether it was appropriate to ask a question in a non-friendly yeah. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. way, yeah. you know? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose we all, obviously, coming at podcasting from different um, perspectives, but we all hope that there'll be the enormous sponsorship deal, <laughs> oh, ideally, yeah. ideally by a room. Oh, we're all open if anyone wants like, to. Like, has anyone watched um, Only Murders in the Building? No. no. Oh, my really gosh, you it. have to watch it. It's about them podcasting, like, true crime, and then they get the big sponsorship, and it just takes – it is hilarious. It's Steve Martin, Martin Shaw, and an, Selena an amazing, um, Gomez. Gomez, yeah. It's got yeah. an amazing cast, hasn't um, it? But that's all about podcasting, and it's so good. It's so funny but yeah we started it yeah completely different kind of reasons so yours was just to get more in front of the authors but also yeah. to network and to provide content for your and website to build brand, and, really yes. just yeah. to I guess I wanted my name to be known in the writing yes. sphere not yeah. I'm not saying it, it is particularly no, 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 known no, 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 famous, it is. but yes. just so yeah. that it wasn't um I don't know, just so there was something else behind me. It gave yeah. me a purpose when I went to events. That, yeah, that yeah. I think that's so important. I think, I mean, I think that's kind of where we were coming from too yeah. in terms of wanting to just sort of build that impact that you're making on the publishing world. Um, I was speaking to actually a guest we're going to have in a couple of weeks, um, Victoria Salmon, and she's on. Uh, she runs a really successful podcast and she was basically saying her book, um, which came out earlier this year and did really well, Truly, Darkly, Deeply, she had a quote from everybody you can imagine you know Jeffrey Deaver the people who um did that show Mind Hunters, and she said most of that came through the podcast. the podcast because she knew that and obviously they wouldn't have quoted if they didn't like mm. the book but she knew the people personally to send the the book to and I guess that's hopefully something that comes out of podcasting and oh, definitely like even with us poll we're doing our live podcast in um February down which at Fremantle awesome. which is so awesome that's opened up doors and yeah. then also um we did our Subiaco event I know that was mm. about your book but it was like I was invited mm. along as well so there's all that kind of opportunity as well that's I mean we're we're so new we've only done yeah. this will be I think our ninth episode but you're yeah. doing so well <laughs> but I can't believe you do one every week I know that's a big that's commitment huge. I'm very much a, I'm my own worst enemy in that I either am zero or I'm ten yeah. and sending yes. myself yeah. into a mental yeah. breakdown because <laughs> my husband will attest to the fact that it's actually probably not the smartest yeah, idea yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and next year will be about there'll still be an episode a week but I need to get a little bit smarter with my time because mm. I work part-time and I've got my two-year-old writing for me on my days that I'm not in the office is during nap time or at night time which I'm really bad at switching my brain off Um, so I just need to be a little bit smarter so that the podcast doesn't eat up all of that writing time because it's one thing to build brand in a podcast but if the books aren't actually being delivered (laughs) well it's kind of flopped a little hollow brand isn't it yeah (laughs) so are you going to ease off a bit like maybe once a fortnight Um, or what will you do once a week I'm I very much like that framework um I think I will just be a little bit more strategic in terms of pre-planning um whether it's a children's author I'm speaking Mm. to or an adult author I've got some publishers lined up which is exciting to give a bit of an insight 
into that Story industry directly. Yeah. Um, so just scattering them because the biggest commitment is reading books and I very much like to yes. read an author's book before I interview them and I'm not a fast reader. I'm a, <laughs> I'll read before bed and then I'm tired. Yeah. Um, so making that more sustainable rather yeah. than making reading feel like it's homework because, oh my God, I've got to get to the end before I interview this author. I want to bring back that enjoyment, scatter it. So I've got some picture books in there and some yes. junior fiction so that lightens the load. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. I hope. I hope it's more manageable. In my head, I've I've um, got myself to think that it's more manageable. I've yep, yep convinced myself. <laughs> it will so be. We'll it will be. That's manageable and strategic. Yeah. And I mean, that's where we're quite lucky that because we're scattering our author interviews around, there's less intensive reading involved for us. Although I'm happy to receive proofs. <laughs> yeah, Polly's proofs. always wanting some arcs sent to her. Remember, yes, <laughs> and hot chocolate. <laughs> I am very lucky now. I get sent lots of arcs, which is a blessing. It's amazing. But it's also um, it's an interesting problem to have, a very first world author problem. <laughs> it's a because, isn't it? yeah, I really want to deliver. If I'm getting books sent, I would yeah. like to be going through all of those books. And, yeah, yeah I just uh, there's only one episode a week and so much I can read. So yeah. there's a lot that goes to the side that may need to be donated soon, I think. Oh my gosh. I'll take it. Oh, yes, me, me, like me, 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 me. <laughs> Here comes Hunts for a freebie. <laughs> so um, we were speaking before about how we actually podcast. You go, you know, you do it via Zoom and in person you used to. And we started off just by recording on the Apple iPhone, which is what we're doing today, actually. Yeah. And then we thought that we just went on to Spotify and uploaded a recording, like a rec- yeah, an episode. And then do <laughs> Polly doesn't even do any of this, oh, FYI. <laughs> so we use um, a platform called Buzzsprout. Which I use as well. Oh, you do yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. See, this is the thing that we didn't know. Like, we didn't speak about this at lunch, we at breakfast. It, don't we? We love Buzzsprout. We love it. We love it. I love being able to see, like, how many listens you're getting yeah. and then you can edit it. Um, but I went through it first looking at all these bizarre like editing different like uh, what I don't even know what they're called editing programs trying to like cut and paste all the recordings in I found it so hard and now I literally record it on the iPhone I go through it edit it like get all the ums and ahs out and then I convert it onto cloud converter which does it to an MP4, I think. It sounds very high tech. And yeah. then I just put <laughs> it onto Buzzsprout. So tell me how you do it. <laughs> well, I record now on Zoom. I used to do it in person, like you said, and record directly into a program called Audacity that's free, which oh, yeah, is that's, amazing. Yeah, that's another um, And then someone recommended this other online program called Zencaster for online interviews. And it was fabulous. But then I got um, Candace Fox, massive crime author, yes. on board. And yeah, it was, she couldn't log on to this link. So in this mad panic, I quickly got Zoom going and I spoke to some other podcasters and they were like, yeah, we just use Zoom because most people have Zoom now. And to be honest, it's not foolproof, but it does the job. It's fine. And then I put it back into Audacity and I like to add a little intro and outro onto it. My beautiful husband has recorded my intro, so he hates it every time he hears it, but (laughs) I've given him that task and we probably need to update it. Um, yeah, and then I export it and onto Buzzsprout and then I don't think about it again. So you don't edit it first or you do edit it I on do. Audacity? Um, on Audacity I do, but it's mainly to take out any technical glitches where maybe the internet's lagged or anything like that. If anyone's accidentally given away a spoiler. Do, or... you, do, do you cut out the ums and ahs? Only if they're... 
uncomfortably long because yeah. I still want it to feel natural yes. and naturally we do put ums and ahs in conversations mm. um but sometimes yeah exactly <laughs> but if there's a lag in conversation that's from the computer or someone has just needed time to think mm, yeah. I'll just tighten it up because yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. want someone sitting in their car listening and going no. oh is my stereo still uh, working yeah yeah, yeah 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 well yeah. I think that's why we didn't record in the restaurant in the end isn't it because you want to you hope that your listeners will give you a little bit of latitude but they mm. can be unforgiving you don't want they might not have liked our waiter no. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I liked our waiter. waiter was on drugs. Ah. I just think he was either new to the role or new not overly interested in it. Yeah, fresh and fresh we in the hospitality industry. Yeah, damn <laughs> yeah, us wanting to order. Um, so I guess to wrap up, it sounds like um, podcasting is as simple as you want to make it. In terms I, th- of- I think it is. It can. I definitely think the pressure that I felt from it is self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Like I could chill out more with it, would, yeah. but I don't chill out with many things in life. So <laughs> why start now? <laughs> but it's like writing, isn't it? In terms of often the deadlines that stress us out are artificial ones yeah, that exactly. we set ourselves. Definitely. Yeah. I did have somebody early on in. So I think it was May last year that I started recording, and at the time, my son was maybe six months seven seven months or something like that and I was really working my bum off trying to write when he was asleep trying to do this podcast and get the website up and that and I had another friend who bless her thought she was being funny sent me one of those real videos and it was of a guy talking about how anyone can be a podcaster and how oh you know I've got I know about this so I'm just going to talk about it and I'm going to do this and I just remember being so hurt because I was like I am busting my bum to get this done and I do think when you think about it anyone can be a podcaster but it depends I guess whether you want to commit to doing it all the time and putting the work in and the quality everyone's got a book in them but are they going to let the book out and should the book be allowed out I guess they're going to put in the work yeah yeah Yeah. it is what you make of it much like life Thank you so much, though, for doing this oh, and actually sitting under a tree mm. in the park. Oh, it's you know, been very relaxing. We've I have got to the say. best view of the sky of Perth, the city right now. It's just, it it's gorgeous. Really but I just think it's this is going to give people a few more tips, and if they're looking for other avenues of, mm. you know, about marketing or branding themselves, or but then it's not so easy. We're not going to make it sound like it's really easy, <laughs> and anyone can just do about it. About how to reach out and find your people. I guess that's what I've yeah. learned, and yeah. I still do need to learn about marketing via social media putting myself out there you two are both very good at it mm. and I just push out episodes at the moment which I need to get a little bit better about I need to learn how to fight Facebook's algorithms because <laughs> <laughs> they kill me with any Canva picture that I put out but that's a story for another day <laughs> thanks so much Thank and we'll you. see you in two weeks yeah looking forward to it thanks Thank you. bye